Traveling the Vortex. Hi everybody, this is Casey Kasem, and welcome to another episode of Traveling the Vortex. But not just any episode, this is a big one. The Big 500. 500. An anniversary of epic proportions. To celebrate, we've got stacks of wax and platters that matter as we highlight the top 14 Doctor Who novelty songs. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. I, I'm impressed that Sean was able to get Casey Kasem on the, the show to help us out. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I hope he, he didn't have to pay him too yeah, much. Well, he had to dig him up and <laughs> resurrect him from the dead. But I, I used my time machine. Oh, yeah. I would back do in the, so crass crass Back in the TARDIS, bring him forward, ask him for some help. <laughs> yeah. I'm people who know people. <laughs> Well, we're back after a, oh gosh, what, probably month and a half, almost two-month hiatus, and uh, good to be here. Um, I'll start out because I want to apologize to our listeners for uh, going on hiatus. Um, I've had some health issues um, just about a month ago. Uh, what I thought was my heart, fortunately, is not my heart. Got it all checked out. The ticker's good, uh, but we never really determined what was wrong. Uh, I was having some chest pain and some shortness of breath. I'm finally getting my breath back, but I am still seeing a uh, pulmonary specialist uh, to get more, hopefully, more details. But um, that's where where we've been. I Unfortunately, when I would try to do any work or talking during the day, by the time it got around to evening, it was very difficult for me to breathe. And so then I would get really tired and uh, that was affecting my ability to to do anything besides just the day to day things of of working and, and doing things around the house. So. Again, I apologize. It was not exactly my fault, but <laughs> it is my fault that we put the the show on hold for a little while while I mended. But I am feeling much better now. I'm able to almost. I'm probably about ninety percent uh, now. Uh, still a little bit of shortness, but not, I still can't fill my lungs to capacity. I guess I should say, but uh, much better now than I was doing. So, and I I uh, uh, want to thank Sean and 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 Keith both for understanding and 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 really being very supportive in in the last several weeks in trying to get through this and then uh, of course we probably could have come back a little sooner but last week was my daughter's first week of college so a week ago friday we moved her down to emporia state university which uh, is where she's going to school and got her all moved in and then of course monday came around and we had we had talked about re recording monday and, and uh I, I got a call with uh some panic because she wasn't able to get her books so oh. i was <laughs> i was on the the computer trying to uh, get books and finalize some things and she's had a little bumps a few bumps along the way so i thought well maybe we'll put off for another week and i'll get her settled you know both financially and and uh, uh 
psychologically for her because <laughs> it's a it's a big endeavor for her and it's it's brand new and she you know she's out there on her own so we're we're it's doing we did change. a lot of hand holding yeah we did a lot of hold hand, hand holding last week until she got used to it and she's much better this week in fact she got through the weekend a lot better she's kind of figuring things out now and she's feeling a lot more secure a little less homesick so but uh, yeah so big changes for us yeah it sounds like it Did you guys do anything need- during the interim I need to go back to the time machine comment because obviously I have slipped into a, a distant future because <laughs> there's no way Caitlin is in college. Yep. <laughs> None. Because that means I'm really old. So there, there's just no, <laughs> not accepting of this. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's gone fast, but she's a grown up and all off on her own now. So. Mason's in his last year of junior, or uh, it's not going to call it junior high anymore, middle school. So the big thing for us was that Shy started kindergarten. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the pictures of uh, first day. That was very cool. So, is she uh, liking it? She is. She she uh, they they did this wonderful uh, kindergarten boot camp where they uh, we we pulled her out of daycare uh, a little early for about two weeks, and she had I think it was three days each week. And then uh, they kind of went to the the kindergarten and had kind of a mock run through of this is your teacher and this is how you will spend your day and you know get them used to the faces and the routines. Mm-hmm. That's a really and, good idea. Uh, it was. Um, I, I was I was super impressed and it helped us to you know kind of figure out well where the school is and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the you know don't park here right. if you're going to pick them up and drop them off. And right. uh, all I can think of is uh, Mr. Mom, you know, it's east to drop off and west to pick up or however they did it in the movie. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, this is just, just some, some acclimating going on, but it was all on our end. Shy was like, today I go to kindergarten. I was like, no, honey, you've still got five days. <laughs> today I go to kindergarten. No, honey, it's four days now. We have a weekend. You've got to wait until Monday. And every day was the, you know, thing. So wow. we're getting used nice. to the, uh, the getting up and the, the walking her down to the, the corner where the bus picks her up. And, uh, although we <laughs> straight up slept through our alarm today. I knew it was coming. I knew there had to be one day that was going to, and you know, Mel woke me up by swearing and you know, <laughs> Oh my God. And ran off. Oops. And, uh, I hear her upstairs. Dum, 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 dum. Shall I get up? We're going to be like, dum, 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 dum. Oh, we don't have time for that. Jarvis. I can't let you out right now. Dum, dum, dum. You know, she's doing all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I move at a, a, a snail's pace anyway, in the mornings as anybody who knows me will tell you. I have already resigned myself to the, I'm driving her to school. There's no way we're getting out of here. We've got 20 minutes before the bus is supposed to be here. There's no way. So I kind of grab a shirt and, you know, okay. And I'm moving and I get upstairs and she has got shy dressed. She has got her hair done. She has got. (laughs) Wow. All the time it took you to put on a shirt and get out of bed. (laughs) Jarvis is on the leash and they're at the front door and I'm like oh okay <laughs> and we we got her down and got her on the bus okay so yeah. well, good. nice I, I i give all credit to mel she is a far superior human being when it comes to things <laughs> like this and uh i i was suitably impressed oh. but that's that's been the big change over here is just kind of adapting to the new schedule and god kindergarten <laughs> how about you keith how's family life going pretty good 
Gemma's not back in preschool yet. She has another week. She comes goes back a week from Wednesday. So oh, she's cool. very excited about that. Other than that, things have just been going as normal around here. Sarah started a new job with the Department of Education. Oh. So that's been a little bit of a shift, but she likes it so far. Oh, good. When, when yeah. did that happen? Uh, Two weeks ago. Oh, that's fairly recent then. Yeah, very, very. 30% more pay. Can't complain there for the exact same job oh, she was doing. No, no, no. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she likes everyone there so far. So everyone's really friendly. She feels like she's kind of found her people. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Yeah. Get paid and like what you do. That's that's the, the secret right there. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been trying to survive work with this the craziness that's been picking up and we've been short staffed. But the... Uh, the end is in sight. I have staff onboarding this week, next week, the week after that. So it's going to be uh, getting better soon. Got to admit, it's getting better. <laughs> getting better all the time. And we didn't pay royalties for the Beatles, so we can't do that. Um, uh, <laughs> not appearing on this countdown. Of course, we uh, we go on hiatus and big news drops right in the middle of our time off. Sean or Keith, you want to tell us a little bit about what happened while we it's were always off? when we're off. <laughs> Fans yeah. will know. Fans will certainly know, but we're going to give our reaction to it now. Well, the BBC have announced that both Chris Chanel and Jodie Whittaker will be departing after a series of three specials in 2022. I think it's Ooh, crazy. This. I think it's crazy that I, I, I'm sad because I'm sad to see her go. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed her as a character. I've thoroughly, I, I've enjoyed uh, Chibnall as as a writer. I think that the the seasons have been up and down, but I think there's been some solid writing. Um, I don't feel like Jody's reached her potential, and so maybe that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm I'm a little worried about. But that being said. All of the doctors have done three seasons. This will be Jody's third season plus some specials. So, in, even though this is a truncated season, those specials basically will equal out to what, uh, well, Capaldi did for sure, and even Smith probably a length of time. Um, she's still mm-hmm. there longer than Eccleston, and, um, and not quite as long as Tennant. Once you add in a fourth season for him, and then specials, but. Um, I think, I mean, there's still a lot more Jody to come, so it doesn't surprise me that well, they've decided. Tennant only about... had three seasons. No, he had four. Oh, no, no he he only, you're right. He only had three. I was thinking he started season, with season, season two. four, but he, yeah, he started yeah. on season two. You're right. He did only have three but he, seasons. But he had an extra couple of specials. He did. He had uh, four special. well, five technically, if one was a two-parter. Yeah, so. yeah that's if right. if you include the 50th. Well, well, that doesn't yeah, count because he came count. back. <laughs> it was a return. That only counts for Matt. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, but, you know, so it's not... I, I think what frustrated me the most are the the people that didn't like the Chibnall or uh, Whitaker groupie or uh, era, and they're all saying, well, it, it, this is happening because Doctor Who failed. Well, Doctor Who didn't fail. It's It's no, been doing it's better. It's yeah, it's been doing better than it ever has. It still has high ratings. It hasn't dipped. It's not... This isn't the reason. The, the, the reason is all actors pretty much do three seasons and out. That's just how it's been um, the, with with very few exceptions. So, uh, I, I it's 
I knew it was coming. I mean, we we all knew that eventually it was going to come to an end. It's just I think it's it's strange to to see it this early because we've only had two seasons. But you know, well, and I think it's also a bit feels a bit soon because we're used to showrunners who are doing two doctors. Yeah, right. That's true. We've too. had two different showrunners that have done two different doctors, and so the fact that Chibnall is leaving with Whitaker makes it feel a little bit more sudden or a bit soon that, oh, well, there might be, maybe there was something going on just because he wants to go do something else. Right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I I personally do agree. I, I think Jody's doctor hasn't quite reached the potential of what she could have done. But I think as far as Chibnall goes, he is, I think he's done a fairly good job of bringing a, uh, a change and an air of differentness to the show that wasn't there before. It it definitely felt like a big refresh. The the tone, the the visual style, the storytelling style, all of it was very different from what Moffat and Russell T. Davies did before, and I think that was very much needed for the show at this point. So I'm look, also looking forward to seeing what they do moving forward. I am uh, thoroughly disappointed that we are losing Jody. I 100% agree with the assessment that it just doesn't feel like she has had the opportunity to hit her stride. Uh, I disagree when I say that the writing has been pretty solid. <laughs> That's I didn't say the writing has been solid. I said oh, I the did. show I said, running I has said, been solid. Yeah, right. I don't did. think I, I, don't think I used solid, but I said the writing's been pretty good. Yeah, uh, no, I, I feel for for me that's where the the seasons so far have fallen down under Chibnall has definitely been in the writing, and uh, I can't honestly say that I am uh, so sorry to see him go. Uh, I'm not, you know, rooting. I'm not outside his house with a pitchfork and <laughs> uh, you know torches or anything. But uh, I am I, glad that we're going to have some new blood. I am sad that Jody's tenure uh kind of came with a oh it's tainted by the, the the toxic fandom and you know all of the all of the nonsense that came along with it yeah. uh and i just think it's unfortunate that the writing didn't live up to what i'm sure she could have delivered uh which really would have hushed a lot of the naysayers but um i'm with keith i i look forward to see what they do next and where we go from here. I think it's going to be very interesting, no matter who uh, winds up in either the, uh, the, the, the head's position or the, uh, the shoes of the doctor. If, if a show deserves to run forever, it's doctor who, because it can reinvent itself enough that it won't ever be the same. It shouldn't ever have to be the same thing. It was previously. Now, only times it is, is when either there's obviously great homage happening or laziness. Well, I want to know what uh, our listeners have to say, and uh, I want you guys to go to uh, the uh, Traveling Vortex listeners forum on Facebook and see what you guys think. Let's hear from you. All right. Well, should we move on to the uh, big fun part of the show? Let me set it up a little bit by saying we're, we are reviewing some Doctor Who novel music, and this is something that uh, we really haven't done on the program in the well, 500 episodes that we've done. We've talked a little bit about music here and there, just in conversation. But um, I've put together some songs on a list, and all of them except for one uh, were made before the show's return in 2005. And so what isn't included are songs that are are, are 
you know, just variations on the Doctor Who theme. There's been a lot of those over the year. Um, although uh, many of these songs that are on this list do incorporate the theme in some way. Uh, I decided to stay away from just reimaginings of the theme. Um, I also didn't include any songs from, uh, the, from the Time Lord Rock or Troc era, um, which sprung up after the show's return. Uh, you'll, you, Time Lord Troc stands for Time Lord Rock, if you don't know. Um, it was kind of coined by one of the first Doctor Who tribute bands, which was Chameleon Circuit in the uh, early 2000s. Um, there's also, if you didn't know, there's also Wizard Rock or Rock uh, for Harry Potter. But those are specifically bands that are tribute bands to a specific show or genre. So I kind of stayed away from those. Now, some of these that are in here might be forerunners to Troc, but uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, but there might be an exception later on the list. And then, of course, what follow are genuine releases. They were either vinyl or CD or special flexi-disc um, by genuine performers, many of which were uh, genuinely released with an eye of hitting the British charts. And we'll find that one on the list even maybe did. So, without further ado, let's review Doctor Who Novelty Music. Hi, Casey Kasem here. Leading us off from 1964, I'm going to spend my Christmas with a Dalek by the Go-Go's. I'm going to spend my Christmas with a Dalek And hug him underneath the mistletoe And if he's very nice, I'll feed him sugar spice And hang a Christmas stocking from his big left toe And when we both get up on Christmas morning I'll kiss him on his chromium-plated head And take him in to say hi to Mom And frighten Daddy out of his bed Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Happy Christmas Happy Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to you Alright, there you go. There's a little bit of that song. Now, this song was released uh, pretty much to cash in on the British popularity of the show and the Daleks in particular that were uh, huge at the time. Uh, this was about the time that Dalek Mania was uh, going in full, full swing. And this group is obviously not the Go-Go's that we're familiar with from the 1980s with Blood and Carlisle. <laughs> uh, this, the Go-Go's, were a British group from Newcastle, England. And I believe this was their only song that they recorded. Uh, songwriter, uh, songwriter and record producer Les Van Dyke, who at the time was going by the name Johnny Worth, was largely responsible for this track. Uh, it was put out by RPM Records. Oh, I'm sorry. RPM, sorry, Records released this on a compilation uh, of Doctor Who novelty songs in 2000. And the disc was called Who is Doctor Who? And uh, this was one of the tracks. So what do you guys think of this song? I'm shocked that it was not the Go-Go's. <laughs> I am shocked by a lot of things about this song uh, because honestly I think it does have a slight go-go sound uh, obviously it's a silly novelty song um, I was shocked to learn that it was from 1964 because I, I did not think that uh, the, the, this kind of let's poke fun at something uh, uh, you know that's popular was uh, was was that big back then? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even remotely imagined it. And it, as you said, you capitalized on the popularity of the Daleks. Totally makes sense. But uh, yeah, um, 
for my money, it's it's a rather weak intro to this uh, concept. It, it's it's an okay song. It's a little goofy, but you know, it was fun. I guess won't be on my, any of my Christmas compilations coming up. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's regularly on my uh, Christmas playlist every year. So. Of course it is. <laughs> Glenn probably just listens to it any time of the year. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. sometimes <laughs> that too. Keith, what do you think? Uh, it felt like a standard Christmas novelty song of the times for me. So, in the song it most re- uh, called to mind while listening to it is "I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas." Yeah, yeah, which came out in '53. So the fact that this was '64, I'm not that surprised <laughs> by. You know, it's surprising that it's that early in the run, but it also sounded and felt like it was of the '50s or '60s just by listening to it by ear. So I wasn't too surprised by that part. I thought it was a cute song. You know, it's it is what it is. <laughs> um. It's it's a fun little Christmas song. I, I I think it's I think it would be heavily probably inspired by and I don't remember what year this came out, but Spike Jones was doing you know novelty songs in the the fifties and sixties, and uh, all I want for Christmas are my two front teeth. Uh, as yeah. you mentioned, the hippopotamus song, which is not a Spike Jones song, but it was another Christmas parody. And then um, you know I'm getting nothing for Christmas. It really kind of harks that style of fun yes, Christmas novelty tune. So it doesn't surprise me that it was made this early on but what surprised me about it and i think sean maybe this is where you're coming from too is that it was released only a year after the show premiered so the daleks had just premiered what is probably at the first of the year of this year dalek mania became a huge thing in 1964 and and then continued to grow even beyond that and this this record came out and and i was surprised that it was so near to the uh, first, you know, the debut of Doctor Who on television was was what surprised me the most. Yeah, I mean, the show started in November of '63, and the first episode was, you know, four parts. That means the Daleks didn't really even broadcast until '64, right? Right, right. I guess maybe yeah, they would have been... started in December. Oh, but... I think it might have been early six. Yeah, it might have been early '64. So yeah, because the 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 episodes aired in, uh, you know, the show started in November. So you'd had at least four in late November at that. Yeah, so you'd had four yeah. weeks before. So yeah, the Daleks would have been after the first of the year. So it uh... that's striking while the iron is hot. Let yeah, me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> um, it does take a, a, an an interesting approach to the Daleks too, because it's a friendly Dalek. It's not the Daleks that we're familiar with from well at this time would have yeah. been the only the only serial that had been out uh, by this time. I think right. We hadn't done well. I guess. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, no. Uh, the chase and uh, they wouldn't have that revisited. Been later. Yeah, they wouldn't have revisited the Daleks at this point. So Dalek yeah, but this Invasion is, Earth would have been the next one. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh yeah, this would have been and this is a you know a friendly Dalek who's enjoying Christmas. Um I did think one of the stretches was um and, and of course how do you how do you else do you how else do you rhyme mistletoe, but and and hug him underneath the mistletoe and if he's nice and feed him sugar and spice <laughs> and hang a Christmas stocking from his big big lead toe which implies that the, the dogs have a lead toe which we we know that the, the front case, of the casing, the casing doesn't yeah yeah so uh but but funny little lyrics like that i think are are uh make the story the 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 thing charming 
Uh, and obviously it's from a little girl's point of view because the, the uh, lady that's singing this song puts on, you know, the airs of being a child. So did anybody else think the Dalek sounded like John Leeson? <laughs> a little bit. Really? <laughs> Not I like canine, so. but John Leeson. Really? I didn't get that at all. Interesting. All right. Well, moving on. Next up on our list, Roberta Tavi with Who's Who, Doctor Who. If you see a man with long gray hair and a funny little smile on his face, gotta make you laugh or hold your breath as he travels from place to place. He'll meet all kinds of people wherever he may go, and all his friends will tell you that if they should want to know, who's who? Who's who? This one was released in 1965, and if you guys are not familiar with with who Roberta Tavi is, uh, this was one of the two singles that sprung up after the successful 1965 film Doctor Who and the Daleks, and this is uh, Roberta Tavi who played Susan in the films. Ah, I thought the name sounded familiar. Yeah, so, and this song was co-written by the film's incidental music composer, and this apparently in-character novelty song has become a classic uh, reminder of 60s Doctor Who. And its release highlights the power of Dalek mania as it continued uh, through the years. Uh, what's interesting is that the Who in question by the title is more difficult to determine than it might sing. Because the first line, uh, the first reference is William Hartnell's Doctor about the long hair, white long hair. However, calling him by his name Who employs implies that um, Tavi is, in fact, singing about Peter Cushing's Doctor Who, who she would have been the granddaughter to in the film. Uh, this would also line up with the fact that Tavi played, you know, Susan. So uh, it, it, I think it's kind of twofold, and it, it might be the songwriter capitalizing on both the TV series and the film in this case. case. Um, on a rather dubious B-side uh, to this, the song, Not So Old... Uh, by Tavi is singing about making an older man promise to wait for her to grow up so that they can be together. Jeez. Whoa. <laughs> All the innocence of the 1960s. Uh, both can be found. You, you crazy <laughs> Brit. That did not sound that innocent. <laughs> both can also be found on the uh, Doctor Who, or Who is Doctor Who uh, compilation uh, CD from 2000. Which, by the way, if anybody wants to buy me that CD, um, you know, Christmas is coming up. I, I'd be glad to have it. The cheapest I could find it was $68. The most expensive one was 498 So <laughs> it's out of print, so it's a little pricey. Ouch. What would you guys think of this one? This is one that I've listened to at least twice, and it just does not stay in my head. It doesn't? No, I don't oh. know why. It just is not one that sticks with me. I'm even looking at the lyrics, and I'm like, I kind of remember the song, but it's 
Yeah, just you see not really. a man with long gray hair and a funny little smile on his face. Do, 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 do. I, I think after a bit, I just my brain wanders. Yeah, you know, th- it's funny you say that because this to me was one of the most catchy. In fact, more so than the 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 dog. This was one that I've been listening to this playlist that I made of these songs all week long, and <laughs> I would I would go into work humming particularly this and a couple of other ones on the list which we'll get to but i think it's because of that kind of that doo-woppy sound of the of the 60s that this the the dalek uh, for christmas and the one that we'll review next they just stick in my head for some reason and i think it just has to be that sing-songy beat for me i thought this uh was kind of a bit like an up-tempo puff the magic dragon Really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, the the kind of sing-song quality of it and the the fact that it has kids and it's it's very innocent. And, but it's not the, the, Puff the Magic Dragon is a very melancholy song for as uh, surprisingly catchy that hook is. Uh, Whereas this one was was more, you know, like you said, it's kind of a doo-wop, you know, uh, it's it's a fun song. I liked it a lot. I'm kind of with Keith in that, you know, I don't remember any of the lyrics, but the, da, 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 you know, da, da, da. yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed this one. <laughs> well, and this one's less of a, um, drug song hidden as a kid's, uh, fairy tale. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least as far as we know, <laughs> what, what was puff the magic dragons B side? Let's, uh, let's get to the chase here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe is controversial. I don't know. Uh, now I just I I think it's funny because I, I this one again it, I think it suits the 1960s and it just it has that sing song equality that just it, it sticks in my head. That's this is one of my favorites on the on the playlist. Uh, and and some of it could be you know it it does sound a lot like a kid song. It does, yeah. I and it could that. be my brain has just become accustomed to tuning it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You do have, you both probably do have more kid-like music playing in your I households. I Coco Melon in the background <laughs> a lot. I, I'm about probably nine years removed from the, 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 you know, having that kind of music in my house. So, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see where that might be. That does make sense. I think that's a larger part of it. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. All right. I've trained myself not to get those songs stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just and I just let them. I just let them. I just let them absorb into my brain. What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> well, that's Disney. Disney songs are different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving right along. Doctor Who's own Fraser Hines, who plays companion Jamie McCrimmon on the show, comes in with our third sampling with Who's Doctor Who? He has a time machine to travel through ages to take a look at history. He simply turns the pages. He knows the prince of two and kings of two a penny. He never thinks of money, no, although he hasn't any. They all say, who is Dr. Who? Where is he from? What does he do? They wonder, who is Dr. Who? 
one was released just a few years later in 1968. The novelty record Who's Doctor Who came out during Hines' third year on the show, and it was released by Major Minor Records and written by Barry Mason and Les Reed. And the song was not exactly a smash hit, and it was later called by Hines himself the only flop Mason and Reed ever wrote. Hines has said that uh, in uh, several interviews that the reason he was approached to sing this song was because he looked like a typical English rocker. And of course, this this song also can be found on the 2000s Doctor Who, uh, Who is Doctor Who CD. So what do you guys think of this one? Are you are will you come in a little biased because this is uh, one of our friends, Frazier? I say boo this man and his opinions that this is a flop. <laughs> <laughs> this boo is this catchy. man, I say. This is a catchy song. This is how you do it. This is I this one is stuck in my head. It is legit lovely. I fell for this one. I fell hard for it. And I went, this is a, and I didn't know it was Frazier Hines. I just popped it on and was listening. And oh, was you like, didn't? Oh, you didn't know that no, ahead of time? It, that's funny you say I that. Didn't know it ahead of time. I remember this song. I we, thought we've talked about we this talked song. About we talked about that. Probably well, have. You know why? Because I brought this to you guys before we interviewed Fraser Hines at one of the conventions, and we asked him about this. And in fact, we were one of those conventions where he told us that the reason why he was approached was because he looked like a typical <laughs> English rocker. So, yeah, I, it, for whatever reason, all of that was not in my brain anymore. <laughs> it, 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 lost to time and so i started it up and i was listening to it and i was like oh i like this one this is fun and it's kind of bouncy and catchy and okay and i went to go make my notes and then looked at the because glenn has sent us a a playlist listing uh of the order that we're doing these and uh the, the, you know who's doctor who fraser hines and i went huh well that's just like hey wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> literally had that uh that reaction so yeah no I, I i do not remember anything about uh the frazier interview <laughs> <laughs> well I, we, we we talked so about terrible. it we talked about it in brief among a lot of things that we asked frazier and we've seen well you and i at least have seen frazier at three conventions now talk to him at three conventions now so well when i see him at number four i'm going to tell him he is flat out wrong for not liking <laughs> this song <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this song a hit through sheer force of will. I will get it played on radio stations across the world. <laughs> what do you think, Keith? I like it. I, I remember it from uh, when we had done that convention. I when it popped on, I went, "Oh yeah, this one." Uh, it took me a couple minutes to remember. Oh yeah, that was Frasier, and yeah, yeah, okay. And where do I know this song from? But uh, I I like this. The fact that it has kind of that teen uh, British sound to it, kind of, although these aren't teen British bands, but it has kind of a monkey's feel to it. Oh, it's to that's to well, yeah, that's totally because the because they were trying to capitalize that's on just that it. phrase. The, also, the, this is very much like the in, in line of the monkeys or, or the animals, and I, I was a little surprised that Sean didn't bring that up since the monkeys is one of his favorite groups. Although you're a big monkeys fan as well, Keith, so. Um, yeah, that's why you went there. But that may be the other reason I yeah. like it. Oh, well, I compl I completely <laughs> went there because when yeah. the first very first time I heard this song, I thought, oh, this is very much like the Monkees or the Animals or other you know bands of that time, British or American, uh, very much that style of 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 uh, rock and roll music at the time. And it's catchy. I think it's got pretty good lyrics. Is this one sticking your head? This one sticks in my head. Oh, good. 
Because this was another one that I was humming at work all the time. In fact, I catch myself humming it out loud and think, oh, was anybody listening to me? Because nobody (laughs) will know what that is. (laughs) We're concerned about Glenn. (laughs) He's singing some really weird stuff. (laughs) I think if anybody heard this, if you weren't listening to the, the lyrics specifically talking about Doctor Who... I think that most people might listen to this song and enjoy it just from the standpoint of the fact that it sounds very much like those British singles from the late 60s. So I think this is probably one that would be an across the board. You don't even have to be a fan and be uh, like this song. There's that thing you do by the wonders. (laughs) (laughs) And and then there's who's Doctor Who. But... (laughs) It's it's this that is, level. <laughs> yeah, this is very high on my favorites of the list. Yeah. And now that I have the digital copy, I will probably just add it to my iPod to play randomly. There you go. Maybe in my office even. <laughs> well, next up, uh, we move into another decade. We move from companion to doctor. John Pertwee himself lent his voice to who is the doctor. Across the void beyond the mind, the empty space that circles time. I see where others stumble blind to seek a truth they never find. Eternal wisdom is my guide. I am the doctor. Through cosmic waste, the TARDIS flies to taste the secret source of life. Present science can't deny exists within, outside, behind the latitude of human minds. All right, this one was released in 1972, and it is a seven-inch. It was released on seven-inch vinyl. Um, this is probably one of the more familiar Doctor Who novelty songs, especially for fans. I think that a lot of fans would hear this and had gone okay i'm familiar with this or they have it maybe on a playlist somewhere uh the song is a single performed by john pertwee uh it was arranged and written by rupert hines and it features uh pertwee reciting lyrics over hines rearrangement of the doctor who theme uh its b-side pure mystery was another spoken word piece by pertwee but it had no connection to doctor who uh, the Fifth Doctor recites a few of the first lines in the Big Finish audio uh, circular time. And then uh, John Levine actually sang this song once as a tribute to John Pertwee, but he replaced the line, I'm the Doctor, with the words, I knew the Doctor. And you can find this track on that uh, Doctor Who, or Who is Doctor Who com- uh, comp- uh, compilation as well. This is one that, I've got to jump in real quick. This is one that, I was surprised that per, it's it's done in, in a it's a it's obvious a, a chosen style to do it because I think it's supposed to be coming from the perspective of this is the doctor and so I don't think as at least at the time we would have thought the doctor would have been sing songy and sang a song we were proved later in Doctor and the Pirates but at this time <laughs> it wasn't in character for the doctor to sing but maybe speaking lines in poetry would have been something he'd do. So I understand that they did it that way, but I am a little surprised because John Pertwee has actually a very decent singing voice. He has done stage musicals as well. He also released a song on an album singing as um, uh, Wurzel Gumridge too. 
and he has several songs that he's released on that and one fairly popular one that was released uh did a lot better in australia but he has a good voice he can sing so it's not like he did this out of necessity um i think shatner he does that because i don't think shatner can carry turn so he does spoken word when he does it but i don't think perch we needed yeah. to do this in this one but what you guys think i was fairly surprised by this one it was not uh, the type of song I, song I expected um because it was spoken word but i thought it was, i thought it was a, a neat approach to it to have john pertwee's do spoken word over music in the in character um and i thought i recognized the first couple of lines so i'm glad that you pointed that out glenn uh and Correct me if I'm wrong. This is one of the first ones that actually incorporates some of the theme to it, isn't it? That of the of the ones on this list, this is our first one that does have the theme. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it was kind of a, a a cool, ooh, trippy spoken word '70s feel to it. It's not one I'll play a lot, but I like it. <laughs> I want this as the new theme song for the show or for our podcast. Well, both, but oh. uh, we'll start with the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I mean, it, it does feel a little bit like John Pertwee's trying to ride the coattails of Shatner's spoken word album. I mean, Transform Man did come out in 68, and this was 72. So, I mean, it does feel a little bit like <laughs> uh, uh, copycatting. Well, it, it may have been inspired by that. Uh, uh, Rupert Hines, when he put it together, I, I don't think, Pertwee came to him and said, hey, I'd like to do oh, a Shatner not. thing. But I think that probably Rupert Hines heard Shatner doing this and said, you know, this might work for Doctor Who as well. So, Although this didn't get a full album. This was just a seven-inch seven single. So it uh, it had That's this. probably to its benefit. This and its B-sides. So. Um, not only the Shatner, but uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. yeah, I didn't right. have the date on that one. So. Uh, 1967. Okay. Of Mr. Spock's music from outer space, which featured a lot of uh, spoken word and poetry by uh, Leonard Nimoy in character as Spock. Um, if you want a trippy album, check that one out. <laughs> yeah, because he did it first, and then Shatner said, "Hey, I want to do that too." Not to be one upped. <laughs> yeah, not well. Right. <laughs> Nobody one ups the chat. <laughs> uh, this, to me, like I said, I I fell in love with it. I thought it was awesome. And I, I, I laughed a little bit, but just the audacity of it, the, the fact that <laughs> it is Pertwee and he's doing this very dramatic reading and you've got this cool arrangement of the who theme in there. And it's very, uh, it's very thriller. It <laughs> sounds a bit like yeah. Vincent price yeah. at times that he's doing mm -hmm. that kind of, uh, you know, uh, thing. And, um, it's, I mean, Pertwee of, of all of the doctors, at least all of the classic doctors, Pertwee would have been the rock star. If a hand, if we're, if we're playing Marvel's what if, and a handful of things had gone differently with his, uh, flamboyant dress and the shock of white hair, even, uh, he has a stage persona. Mm -hmm. I, I think he could have very easily fit in with the glam rockers <laughs> of the time yeah. and would not have been out of place at all. So the fact that he's doing it is just kind of one more thing that made me love this song. And, uh, you know, while it doesn't have the same replayability, I don't think as the Fraser Hines one, because that one's kind of more of a, a it's, 
it's it's kind of like uh, some Weird Al stuff. Like you listen to some of Weird Al's originals that aren't parodies, and you know they're, they're just good songs in their own right. But then you listen to the lyrics and you go, ah, okay, he's making fun of this, or he's you know. Uh, written something ridiculous here but just to hear the song you wouldn't necessarily think it out of place if you heard it on the radio and where the Fraser Hines song fell into that this one very obviously because of the use of the theme is is more of a novelty but um, thumbs up here I really liked this one <laughs> I, I would agree with you liking this too the, the uh, spoken word part of thriller with vincent price it, that very much does invoke that in my memory when i when i hear this i that was the first thing i went to was that part and in fact at the end when he says know me i'm the doctor i almost expect to hear vincent price laugh at the end <laughs> just, <laughs> it just was there so uh, yeah I, I i like this one it's very much a product of its time i think and it the 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 compilation, the the or not the compilation, but the the arrangement of the theme, uh, is very very early nineteen seventies. It, it it really has that feel uh, of music, almost on that synth pop, moving into that disco, almost there, not quite there yet, because disco was still a, a year or two off. But it just it's you can tell that this was music leading into that era, and it really feels like that. All right, well, next up. For our next tune, we head down under with the ballad of Doctor Who, Doctor Who is Gonna Fix It, from 1983 and Bulla I was sitting in front of the TV, said there was nothing much else to do. Then along come this amazing code, they called it Doctor Who. It was half past six on the ABC, just before the news. No ends to interrupt me on an interspatial cruise. Moving metal madness, self-programmed to destroy The Doctor has them covered to thwart their every boy Exterminate, exterminate that evil monotone The Doctor fights the Daleks and I'm then all alone Doctor, who is gonna fix it? Doctor, who will put it right? As he moves across the galaxy at twice the speed of light Back into the future, the TARDIS travels time With his beautiful assistant and his trusty mate K-9 Released in 1983, a full decade later than our last song on the list, Bulamankanka is a traditional Australian folk music band. And the novelty song kind of gave us a glimpse into the world of Doctor Who from an Aussie perspective. Uh, so if you hadn't, if you wondered when they sing the line about sitting down uh, or at six o'clock on the BBC or the ABC, uh, they are talking about the Australian Broadcasting Corporation instead of the BBC. So I was confused the first time I heard this because I thought it's not on ABC, it's on BBC. <laughs> Australia was the second viewing uh, country overseas to screen Doctor Who, and after careful review by its editing board. That we're thankful now for nowadays because there are some clips clips that exist <laughs> thanks to them. Uh, it was aired on Australian Broadcasting Corporation channel number two or ABC, hence the reference to the ABC and not the BBC in this song. What do you guys think of this one? This was one of my favorites. This one's <laughs> been in this one's been in my head oh, good. the most oh, since good. I've heard it. <laughs> 
it's got that catchy pithy beat it's it's it's, it's very just... it's, it's very much a folk song it's very much a song that is i i know that's an australian tradition as well but it's very much a southern tradition here um not quite bluegrass but kind of in that bluegrass tradition it's very much that folk beat that uh, is very popular in the u.s as well yeah it's just the chorus it just sticks in your head i i the rest of the song is good too just the chorus just gets that that's an earworm right there a little surprised to find out that it is australian because i i genuinely thought it had kind of a celtic lilt to it mm, mm, yeah i could see that a little bit and uh maybe it's just again the, the 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 time frame that we're talking about um or or the the upbeat tempo of it it uh, reminded me a little bit of come on eileen yeah yeah from from the uh, dexie's midnight runners sure. something akin to that um with kind of just the the the, the stomping and the, the just just a lot of energy to it um, I don't love it as much as Keith does. Uh, it, it very much falls more into the kind of novelty uh, thing as opposed to a, a quote-unquote legit song for me. Uh, but it's fun. And, you know, I, we knew that there were going to be... Yeah, well, no, I didn't know that. I'm quite surprised there were songs <laughs> that I liked on this list. I kind of figured this was going to be... I'm, I'm tipping my hand. I really thought going into this, this was going to be a disaster show uh, because I figured I was going to hate everything uh, <laughs> for oh, I not had, being able to pull it off. I <laughs> had faith knowing you were such a Weird Al Yankovic fan. I knew I was going to find some on this list that was going to fall into that. It's got to be something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it is fun. It is a fun song. I like and the total. about canine. Yeah, I like the tonal change of it. I like how the verses have a one type of beat and style, and then it shifts into that kind of more bouncy, Doctor Who is going to fix it, Doctor Who will put it right. And uh, so I like how it changes on a beat. And yeah, it, it's it, you you brought up K-9. It's, it's clearly an era of Tom Baker because it, yeah. it's Tom Baker, and they, they talk a lot about K-9. Um, and you know, obviously coming out in 1983, this would have been just on the heels of, uh, the Tom Baker years. So in fact, they were probably seeing a lot of repeats in Australia at this time. So, all right, well, let's move on to our next one, which, um, this might be the one that, um, gets a little bit of controversy. Mirroring real world events, Doctor in Distress, Who Cares, was released in 1985 by members of the show in an attempt to save it from the hatchet men at BBC. Yeah. 
Papa <laughs> and a canine So in 1995, when the production of the series was suspended for a year and it looked as if it faced cancellation, this charity single was produced and written by Ian Levine and freelancer uh, Fiacha Trench. And they had previously collaborated on a the theme music for K9 and Company. So if you know that, familiar enough with that song, uh, this is, uh, well, <laughs> Fiatra Trench at least uh, helped uh, put that one into existence as well. Uh, when news came out that the the song was being made, there were rumors that performers such as the Village People and Elton John were going to be able to be there to sing on the single. But as we know, that didn't happen. Uh, but four regulars from the TV series, Colin Baker, Sixth Doctor, Nicola Bryant, who played companion Perry Brown, uh, Nicholas Courtney, uh, who was the reoccurring character of the Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, and of course Anthony Ainley, who was playing the master at the time, uh, did feature on the album and or on the song uh the music was played by hans zimmer yes that hans zimmer <laughs> the composer hans zimmer the movie composer wow. hans zimmer uh proceeds from the single went straight to charity uh for cancer research and it was universally panned and the bbc refused to broadcast the song on its radio stations <laughs> on the grounds of its poor quality not because <laughs> it was disparaging of the DV the bbc an accompanying video was also released, which can be found on YouTube. The song was released in the UK around the same time as USA for Africa's charity single, We Are the World, which in turn was inspired by the UK single, Do They Know It's Christmas, by Band-Aid the previous year. So, Well, <laughs> to be fair, the, the, the recording of it does not seem to be the best quality. No, this particular one isn't, and this was the best I could find as well. I think that this particular recording comes from the YouTube video. I can't verify that for sure, but if you watch the video that's on YouTube and you listen to the MP3 file that I was able to find, they are very much the same, so I'm wondering if it's probably from the same source. I can't imagine that... Uh, the fact that this exists... <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's reason to celebrate. Reason to celebrate? It is. Okay, go ahead. I, I mean, Proceed. Doctor, Who was, Doctor Who was in a bad spot. And the fact that Ian Levine, super fan that he was at the time, said, you know what we should do? We should, we, we should do like Band-Aid and get a bunch of celebrities together to record a song to help save Doctor Who. And then not do that <laughs> because there, as you as you said, Elton John, if you're gonna swing for the fences, <laughs> Ian, I love you. Go large or go home. <laughs> so you didn't get the celebrities. You didn't get the big story. We, we, we got Colin Baker. I mean, that's that's cool. You, you got Nicole O'Brien. All right. And then you, you you muck up the audio recording to the point where even the BBC's like, nah, man, nah. 
No, I, I can't imagine. That you, you mentioned that this is the recording from the YouTube video. First of all, the fact that the YouTube video exists, <laughs> you know, that, that it's survived and wasn't like. Well, it's on a DVD, isn't it? You know, one of the great injustices of life is the fact that this thing still is here on this planet and yet episodes actual episodes of doctor who have been lost that's unfair that, that is so not right and uh you know I'm, I'm sorry glenn but no matter what you say this is not we are the world <laughs> no it is not i'm off i'm putting away my soapbox it I'm is done. not we are the world in any way i keep up and let you go first go ahead oh i'm very similar opinions as Sean. <laughs> it's not that catchy. It's not very... I've never been a big fan of the We Are the World and all the other, you know, let's all get together and sing a song for a charity. I like the idea of it. Just the songs never grab me. Never have. So the fact that it's in that vein does not do it any favors. The fact that people on the song can't sing can't do it any favors. <laughs> The fact that Ham Zimmer wrote it is no, no, no. Amazing. He, he did the accompaniment. He oh, he, write the he song. did the accompaniment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, then we can't blame him. And it just says he played. <laughs> he just says he played the music on it. It didn't necessarily even say he wrote the music. So I think this he was just, all. This was all a Levine and, and Trench uh, joint here. So I, I will say the involvement of Hans Zimmer does elevate this a bit. <laughs> It's just his playing. He must have been though. desperate for some work as a musician. <laughs> well, this, he had I not think this yet was, large. This was early days for Hans Zimmer, so. He obviously hadn't become the composer he was destined to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't mention a lot of these because I don't recognize any of these people, but on the Wikipedia, <laughs> it does say that Faith Brown, who's a comedian apparently, um, a bunch of other ones, uh, Warren Kane uh, or Khan from Ultravox. I'm sure some people have heard of that. Uh, Floyd Pierce from Hot Gossip. Uh, Bobby G from... Oh, Nicholas Courtney's there. Well, you, well, yeah, Nicholas Courtney. I know that we, one. We named those. We named them. Oh, I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't hear you say Yeah, him. yeah, I named I named the, the, the uh, people from the show. But no, I'm, I'm talking about the... the, the <laughs> I'm talking about the other people on here that we weren't familiar with. Uh, there are members of the Moody Blues, Justin Hayward and John Lodge, I'm seeing. So, I mean, there's that. I guess you've got two of the Moody Blues on here. Um, Time UK had some members. Tight Fit had some members. I, none of these people are familiar to me. I, there's probably some UK listeners that may know these and are familiar. Um, if they are, I apologize. But I just we didn't include these because I had no idea who they were. And I wasn't sure any other... <laughs> American fans might either. So I know of Ultravox only because David Warner mentioned them in the Doctor Who episode that he's in. In Cold War, there's an Ultravox joke. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> that, that, as far as my knowledge goes on this band. <laughs> oh, anyway, this song is so cringy. It is so cringy. It. Uh, this is this is a song I love to hate and I hate to love. It's uh, the, the audacity of the idea behind this, but also the genius of the idea behind this. I mean, uh, 
God bless them for trying. It, 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 it really, you know, Doctor Who, they, they're so passionate about bringing the show back. The fans want it back. We're going to create a charity single. And, and this, by God, is going to get the BBC to, to bring the show back. And on the other hand, lyrics like 18 months is too hard to wait. Bring back the Doctor. Don't hesitate. It's almost like a threat. It's like they're threatening the BBC. You don't bring him back or else. It's, it's that's one of the cringeworthy things and then of course yeah some of the some of the people singing on here and it almost when you hear when it comes to the brig and the master they're both basically just speaking their parts because they clearly <laughs> couldn't sing and it's just i i love that angley puts the master laugh in though that's just i love that that's brilliant i absolutely love it but even the people that i think were on this list that might have been singers or, or musicians, they should have known better. They should have known better. Yeah. They should have stepped up and said, is there something we, maybe they just, maybe they didn't take it serious. Maybe they were just like, eh, this is, you know, money going to, to, to cancer research, which is great. That ultimately, I think that even if the conceit of this, the fact that the charity money went to cancer research, I think is admirable. So I, I will give it high marks for doing that. Except I can't imagine it would have made a lot. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. Let me look here. I don't think I said. And I, I know it's, you know, it goes to a good cause, but, you know, it's it's a song about bringing Doctor Who back, you know, in a time when they did We Are the World. Right, right. Yeah. It's and, and all these other great, you know. Now, to be fair, up, We Are the World would have been, wouldn't have been out yet. It would have been in the works at this point. So, but they were, it was on the heels of Band Aid doing Do They Know It's Christmas, which is a obviously more of a humanity tied plea rather yeah. than a personal fan plea. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, I, it comes across in it, poor taste. The, the, the cancer, yeah, the cancer research aspect feels like a, oh, yeah, we should probably make this so it goes to charity too. An afterthought. <laughs> It does <laughs> more than kind the, of feel like more than the main thought. thrust. Yeah, yeah. This this feels like it's one step away from having a Captain America PSA, <laughs> where he comes in and puts the chair down and looks at the camera, and goes, "So you've written a charity theme song about saving your favorite TV show? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Don't move move out of your parents' basements." <laughs> Oh, this song yeah, makes my brain hurt. It's a stinker. <laughs> yeah, let's and, let's and 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 like you, I kind of want to like it. <laughs> I, I I feel bad hating on it, but yet I'm gonna hate on it <laughs> because and it's it's funny too because thinking at about it in a 2021 perspective, we've had almost close to 18 month breaks now. <laughs> That's nothing. Well, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go year a year without a, without an episode. No big deal. <laughs> the fact that they wrote a song to complain about it. it's been eighteen months since the show's been on. Bring it back. Well, is you like... know, in in nineteen eighty five, you get a bunch of fans and uh, celebrities together, be celebrities together, and you make a song. In twenty twenty one, you start a change dot org petition. That's true. <laughs> This is a 1985 change.org. Right, right. right. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, 
let's back, let's back, let's back in our days petitions were called songs <laughs> <laughs> oh let's move along let's move along and wipe this one out of the taste of this one out of our mouth slaves of cain was next on our list with a little ditty they called absalom dakdala killer released in 1990 on both 7-inch and 12-inch singles. In uh, 1989, record producer Andy Grant had come up with a concept EP called Variations on a Theme, which featured the Doctor Who theme in various styles, and it became a favorite with fans. So in 1990, he got together with Doctor Who music contributor Dominic Glenn and came up with the theme from Absalom Dak, Dalek Killer, by the group The Slaves of Kane, which also which featured Glenn and Martin Smith, who helped produce the song. The song's based around the spin-off character from Marvel Di- Marvel's Doctor Who comic strips and borrowed heavily from the style of the English rock band The Stranglers. Um, the song failed to reproduce the success of variations on a theme. A flexi disc with an extract from the single was given away with Doctor Who magazine. And the song features dialogue between Dak and the Daleks, where he's being voiced by John E. Machine. John E. Machine. I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, I think we're more familiar with Absalom Deck nowadays. We, uh, we haven't reviewed uh, much of the, the Marvel stuff yet, which I think we'll go back and do. But he has been introduced in Titan Comics uh, in, in the more recent line uh, with the uh, 11th Doctor as of recently. So we are familiar enough with Absalom. So, Deck. What do you guys think? It was different. It's <laughs> a long I mean, pause, it, and then it's different. <laughs> only, only Absalom Dak could have a metal song. Yeah, about him. right. Right. I mean that it took the tonally it fit the character completely. Um, I can't imagine this got very was very popular since I can't imagine the character was very widely known. Um, but I it would have been I I it felt like. It should have been the theme song or, you know, an introduction video for a cartoon show. Yeah. yeah. On Adult Swim. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it had that kind of feel to it. It was kind of more of that spoken word kind of theme at thematic storytelling being done to it. So in that aspect, it, it was cool. It's not one I'm going to go back and re-listen to a lot. Yeah. If at all. Hard disagree. I, 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 yeah, uh, this, this was great. It it is fantastic. It it sounds like, uh, the, the Bobby Brown Ghostbusters two song. And I agree with you that it should be, uh, the, the theme I am. We, we joked about it once that we want an Absalom Dak TV show. 
this is the theme for the Absalon Back <laughs> TV show. I don't care if it's animated or not. This is how you open that show. And a bunch of Daleks and a crazy guy smoking a cigar with a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> I am there every Friday night, my friend. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, and Keith, you, you, you'd mentioned that it was, it probably wouldn't have wasn't quite popular. But it, it certainly is a fan service song. And I think that yes. they, they were targeting fans with it. I mean, it was obviously by the guys that had done variation on theme, which was popular with fans. It was based on the Marvel Doctor Who comic strips that were running in Doctor Who magazine. And so there would have been a lot of Doctor Who fans at the time that would have been very familiar with the character. So I think it, it is very targeted. And I think that's what you're saying. But there would have been a lot of people that would have been familiar um, from within fandom at the time. Um, even if they are a little more removed now because it is such a, a, a footprint in time for Doctor Who, for, for many new fans or fans that have come to it much later. Um, Absalon Dak, I should say, was uh, also featured in the new series. He was one of the pictures of the uh, convicts that they ran through in Time Heist. Oh, that's true. So. I'm with Sean. I, I, I like it for what it is, and... I, I do remember us saying that, you know, Absalon Dak should just have his own theory and series. And this definitely would be uh, the theme song. But I would agree with you, Keith, in the fact that it should be an, a Cartoon Swim series. And it should be in that same style of, of Cartoon Swim uh, or a, uh, Cartoon Swim, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. It, it should be in that vein of those type of shows. It, it feels like Metalopolis. Metalopolis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, however you say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Metalopolis. It's it's a fine song. It's just not. It's a theme song. It's not a song song. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I'm just not a big fan of it. It's uh, it's a, it's a theme song. It doesn't have a hook. It's not a something I can sing along to other than Absalom Dak Dalek Killer. Well, I think maybe that's the maybe that was the intent for it to be a theme for the comics. You 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 put your little flexi disc on the uh, you know turntable. You start it up and then you sit down with your. Uh, Doctor Who magazine, you you read your Absalom Dak Dalek Killer comics. There you go. It's, that works. it's it's a TV show in your mind. <laughs> winner winner chicken dinner. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one cuz this one is fun. The Bessies were a band named after the Doctor's ride and they present Silly Song. So this was released in 1991. Uh, the uh, the Bessie's beat- huh? <laughs> It was on the Bessie's Beaten Bop EP cassette. And there's a reason. Be- there's a reason behind that. As I mentioned at the beginning of the review, Chameleon Circuit could be considered the father of Doctor Who tribute bands, but this band 
might be considered its grandfather because the bestie Bessie's was a Doctor Who fan group and they made this tribute song to Doctor Who villain Sill. Hence silly song. Uh, and of course we know Sill was played by uh, Nabil Shaban in uh, Saban in uh, Vengeance of Veros and Mind Warp. And the Bessies were a group who played Doctor Who events, and they sold this cassette at their gigs. And there are actually four tracks on this cassette, and I imagine they probably recorded this cassette <laughs> at home in their garage. But uh, <laughs> the the first song was called The Artec Boogie, and then, of course, Silly Song was the second. Do the Quark, which unfortunately I could not find for you, Keith. Oh. <laughs> and then number four was Time Rotor Blues. So uh, Silly Song right now is the only thing I could get a hold of. I'd love to, if anybody knows where I can run down these other songs from this cassette, uh, I, I, I just let me know. Uh, Glenn at TravelingTheVortex.com, please, because I would love to get a hold of the rest of these songs. But Silly Song right now is the only one I could run down. I am so intrigued by everything else on this cassette. Um, I almost don't want to review this one now. <laughs> um, we'll wait till we get the entire cassette. The, uh, silly song. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Apt title. You know, it, it, it's an ode to Sill. Oh, I love the double meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, clever. Uh, th- there's a part of me that really wants to ask, why? Um, but you're, you're talking to a guy who wrote Ode to America. So <laughs> I, I got nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, we should put Ode to America to music. Yeah. I'm going to write a protest theme and use those lyrics. <laughs> we'll, bring, we'll bring in some guest stars, to you know, like Casey Kasem. He'd do it. I think I could get a hold of Elton John. <laughs> I love the lyrics on this. Butter him up and water him down. A rubber head and an evil frown. Sadistic eyes, a sting in his tail. His vengeance on Veros cannot fell. He's got no legs, a water tank to fight on. Turn your back and he'll steal your Zaton. Shiny body and ugly mug. He's nothing more than a giant slug. Oh, that's Sill. <laughs> I, I love how it's kind of matter of factly. It's like it's like you you're like somebody is asked who is this guy, and they are responding, "Oh, it's Sill." <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Just, it's it's like if Doctor Who Confidential was done as a children's show, <laughs> and that was that that was somebody asked, "Who is Sill?" And then you bring this band on to perform. <laughs> that's that's how this should work. <laughs> Oh, In other uh, news, I've just created a new children's show. BBC, you should call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, 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 but your honest opinion, what do you think of the song? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Again, sorry, I never really tried to hold that, that says in. It all. <laughs> that says it all. The recording didn't help. It was kind of hard to understand the lyrics a little bit because it came from a cassette tape. Yes, yes. <laughs> and who knows how warped that cassette tape was. It took, I it it probably took uh, until the second chorus to realize that they were actually talking about Syl the character. I was like, "What is this song even to do with Doctor Who?" <laughs> I wonder. It, it to be honest, when I ran across this, I found it on a Russian Doctor Who site, and uh, years ago. And I've I've been sitting on this song, and I hadn't listened to it very much. 
until I put together this compilation of stuff. And the reason I hadn't is because the first time that I heard it, I couldn't figure out how it related to Doctor Who, so I shelved it. And it wasn't until later. It wasn't until right, exactly. And that's what I thought that it was from. And it wasn't until later that I started listening to it and was able to make out and I I think the first thing it came across was the giant slug and then it's sill. Then I remember listening to it again and hearing Varus on uh, Varus, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" And I looked up the lyrics, and luckily the lyrics were online. And I, as I read through it, and then I, I could listen to it. I, I, uh, so this time, when I revisited it, I came back to it, and each time I listened to it, it, it grew more. I, <laughs> it grew on me more and more, <laughs> and so to the <laughs> point where. By the end of this, or you know, by the end of last week, when I was listening to this thing, I get I'd actually get excited when this one came on because it just became this jaunty, this jaunty song about Syl that I I thoroughly enjoyed. So this is one that I went from not so much liking to being one of my favorites on this list. Okay, so maybe I just need to listen to it more. <laughs> or it's not, a fitting I don't know. song for Syl. I will give it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you too should be brainwashed. Listen to it over and over and over until you like it. That's probably what's happened. <laughs> yeah, he Glenn has Stockholm syndrome with this song. <laughs> he, he ain't no window seal. He don't use no Clara seal. <laughs> He's a wicked nasty seal. Well, the good news is when we uh, when we review. Uh, oh, what's the seal movie? Uh, oh, uh, I've got it on my shelf here. <laughs> I can't read it. It's too far away. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking when, about. When we get around to reviewing that, you have the theme song for that episode already lined up. There you up. go. There we're, you go. We're, we're, we're all set. We're ahead of the game now. <laughs> okay, moving along. We've heard from doctors and companions and cars, but what we haven't had yet on our countdown are the villains. Well, they come in hot with Doctor Who on a mission by the Cybermen. was released in 1996 and i could find very little information about this song i searched and searched and searched um what i do know is it was a single released by academy street records the cybermen were a scottish electro dance group with a tech house sound and the song was produced by andy hadane i stumbled across this song on that same russian doctor who fan site that uh, several years back that i had found that the bessie's song um, and I've had it since then, and I thought I should include it on this collection to give more diversity and maybe even please Keith because it's the Cybermen. <laughs> Cybermen, yeah. <laughs> what would you guys it's think of this one? Go ahead, Sean. You know what struck me with this one is, um, no, this should be our new theme song. <laughs> I, this is just a fun, I mean, it, it's very much a, uh, you know, a, a take on, you know, variations on a theme. Uh, but I I have kind of a, a soft, gooey center when it comes to anything from Dance Dance Revolution. Mm-hmm. 
which is what this really reminded me of. Yeah, I would agree. It's so upbeat techno kind of thing, and uh, it's weird because it predates that game by a couple of years. If I'm thinking right, I don't think Dance Dance was big until '98. Yeah, no, you're you're right. But it, it's the the thing is the reason Dance Dance is so popular is because it built on those songs that were coming out in the mid '90s to the late '90s, especially ah, those, especially well, there those, you go. yeah, especially those tech house sound. Uh, I, I I do I do enjoy a good tech house sound, and this this was a good tech house sound. So, <laughs> thumbs up for me. This I I enjoyed this song. It's not one I'll return to a lot. It's like Glenn or Sean said, variations on a theme. So a nice a nice reimagining slash remixing of the theme tune. Um, it it sounded like something. If I had known about Doctor Who. Back when I was trying to be a sound guy and do DJ type stuff, and when I was playing around with whatever free music producing software I could have found that let me, you know, put samples in and make my own songs, this sounds like something I would have made. (laughs) (laughs) So it gets points for that. It gets gives gives kind of me a a personal nostalgia feel to it, even though I didn't had nothing to do with it. And it was before I knew anything about Doctor Who, so it just felt like a, a meshing of two worlds, almost. It, it really. Well, did. Young Keith would have done this. <laughs> it really did teeter on the edge of making this list for me, and I really did. I did really put in consideration the fact that well, it's different. It does mention the Cybermen. Uh, in the song, and you know, it, it was a nod to, to Keith's one of Keith's favorite uh, uh, Doctor Who villains. Um, what almost kicked it off is the fact that it really is more of a variation on the theme. It's just a techno beat of Doctor Who, but there is some lyric to it. So they did, and it, albeit we are the Cyberman over and over and over again. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing else besides that. But because it did have some lyrics to it, and wasn't simply just the Doctor Who's theme done in house tech i i was i I, that's why i was able to justify putting it on this list or else it it may not have made it so (laughs) it's it's very glad you put this on the list (laughs) yeah me too it's a good song i i enjoyed it's catchy and and it's fun to listen to and what's to hate about it i mean most of it is the doctor who theme i mean we all love the doctor who theme in any variation they make it in so i mean that's that's the thing with it is that's where it kind of loses points where it doesn't get more creative than just remixing the Doctor Who theme. Yeah, right, right. It has very much the the feel of the of the Jumper to song too. It yeah. kind of they they're they're kind of in the same vein in my opinion. Well, and we're very much going to stick with the uh, variations on a theme theme with our next one. Arguably the most famous song on our list this evening, Doctor in the TARDIS by the Time Lords.
So this one was released in 1998, and uh, you know, as as Casey mentioned, this is also one of the more familiar songs of this bunch. Uh, the song is pretty much a mashup of Do- the Doctor Who theme and Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part Two. Uh, it was produced by Bill Drummond and Jim Cotty, uh, but credited to the fictional talent of Ford Time Lord, which was actually Cotty's 1968 Ford Galaxy American police car. Uh, <laughs> Cotty and Drummond claimed that Ford gave them the instructions on how to make the record. Ford featured on the sleeve of the single, and he was quoted saying, Hi, I'm Ford Time Lord, I'm a car, and I've made a record. I mixed and matched the tunes we all know and love, got some mates down, and made this record. Sounds like a hit to me. <laughs> the Doctor and the TARDIS music video features Ford Time Lord uh, driving around the countryside chasing Daleks. Now, the sing- single was not well received by critics, but it was a commercial success, hitting number one on the UK and New Zealand singles charts and reaching the top ten in Australia, Finland, Ireland and Norway. So this wow. is a this is a Doctor Who novelty song that has actually charted, and at number one nonetheless. I I am uh, shocked shocked I say to find out that. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Feedback. <laughs> Loud motorcycle going down the street. Oh, I thought maybe that was Ford Time Lord. <laughs> I am uh, I, I am shocked to find out that this is simply not the actual lyrics to Rock and Roll Part Two, because <laughs> I thought that was the truth. I, I'm not lying. As I, when I, when I, I grew up and thought that this is one of the greatest conspiracies in the history of the world. That the you know Rock and Roll, you know, da 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 da, and everybody, goes, yeah, I know that one. It has lyrics. Doctor Who, hey, the TARDIS. I mean, that, that, that just, yeah, I bit hook, line, and sinker on that. Uh, and so now I'm rather disappointed to find out that, no, it's simply a mashup. And I have once again had my illusions shattered. <laughs> but I like the song. As soon as it started playing, I knew it, but I don't know where I had heard it before. I must, and it, I don't know if it was a matter of. I'm remembering, you know, Rock and Roll Part 2, and it just melds in my head somewhere or where I even possibly could have heard it. But it's a very clever idea, I think, to mash the two songs together and create such a catchy little tune. I would agree. I I, I was very familiar with uh, Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2, mostly because it was always played at uh, high school and college games when I was yeah you know in, in in school and you just you couldn't get away from it it just became a one of those rock anthem songs and so i i always have sort of kind of liked that song and when i first heard this i very much thought that i was listening to uh uh rock and roll or yeah uh, rock and roll part two and then they started saying Doctor Who, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! No, this is different. This is like a, they're like parodying that song." And this is probably the one. This on this list is probably the first Doctor Who song novelty song that I ever heard. So it's been at least that long ago. I would say probably in the late '90s is when I heard this. So I don't know that it would have played on American radio anywhere, 
but at the very least it was making the rounds on the internet as as late as 1998 or 99 um when i was getting back into doctor who as a matter of fact all right next up heavy metal band blitzkrieg comes along with i am the doctor who are you i always dreamt of being a traveler in space and time machine i took time for it all is was destined to be mine behind my metal time lord adventure calls the gotta break but to use the things they taught me also released in 1998 it's on the album the misfits of avalon by blitzkrieg and they're an english heavy metal band formed in lancaster no i'm sorry mists of avalon this was released in 1998 and was on the album the mists of avalon and blitzkrieg is a english heavy metal band formed in lancaster in 1980 the band has been around off and on until recently, but only one remaining original member uh, is in the band today. And while still a novelty song, it is included on an album in what I would consider some serious heavy metal music. Uh, I think someone in the band must have been a fan and they were able to kind of work this into the album itself. Um, because this this band isn't typically, I mean, they, they're not a mainstream band, but they've had some records out there they're at least familiar uh to some metal fans and they've had they've had a string of albums uh but it's kind of unusual unless you're you know someone like rush and that's kind of your thing uh it's kind of unusual to hear a genre song on just an average album and this is one of those rare times that it 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 shows up on one not just a genre song a branded genre song yeah yeah I've never, I, I dabbled in metal a little bit when I was younger um, and never really got into it too heavily. So this one didn't strike too many chords with me, but I thought it was f- a fairly well done metal song about Doctor Who. Um, I, I, th- I thought the lyrics, they did a good job kind of meshing the lyrics to a metal style. Um, yeah, just... It was an okay one. Same. I, I thought this was pretty, you know, pretty legit. I'm not, uh, not a metal fan uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But every now and then, you know, I, I like to, to thrash a bit. And um, th- this one, it sounds like something that maybe would have been on the heavy metal soundtrack. Uh, it, it just kind of has that vibe. And I don't know where I know Blitzkrieg from. I, I. I 
something about Blitzkrieg is familiar to me as a metal band. And I, I've been looking up their stuff on uh, uh, Wikipedia and whatnot, and I can't say that I recall any of these albums or any of the songs on these albums. So I don't know why my brain insists that I know them from somewhere. Um, but I think I know them from somewhere. I, I'm the same as you, Sean. I When I heard the, the name of the, the group, I thought, oh, Blitzkrieg. Surely that's a popular metal band. I think I've heard of them before. I did the same thing. I went and looked up their uh, catalog, and I was like, I don't reckon any, any of these albums or any of these songs. And in fact, <clears throat> I thought this song was older than it is. And the reason I thought that is because I thought metal had evolved, evolved <laughs> in 1998 <laughs> because this sounds very much like a song that would have come out when I was in high school in the 90s or in the eight, or late 80s. So I was very yeah. surprised to find out that this was actually a decade out from when I thought it would have been. Um, maybe UK Metal, you know, maintained the same sound. I, I think it sort of evolved a little bit. In fact, a, it's a little more... We considered this light heavy metal back in the day. Heavy metal was like Metallica and Judas Priest, mm, and, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. But, you know, you, you did consider bands like... Um, motley crew and but that this is more in lines of kind of that more soft i don't say softer but that more mainstream metal than than what i consider heavy metal um but yeah Yeah, it's a little more rock than metal yeah it it, i mean it still feels it still feels like a metal band song but it's it feels like a to me an 80s metal band song yeah it definitely has that 80s feel to it it's good. It's got great lyrics. Um, it does. They they know their stuff. They're certainly you know hitting oh, hitting yeah. on on all of the things. Type forty Tardis, Gallifrey, Davros, uh, Cyberman, Rast on, Rast on robots. robots. Yeah, <laughs> it's, which you know we've only had one instance in Doctor Who proper of the Rast on robots. Uh, expanded media obviously has had them uh, before, but yeah, it's they, they they did their homework and they knew what they were talking about. So. <laughs> Bill Bailey comes onto our list with a little ditty he calls Dr. Quee. Voyage dans le TARDIS La boîte de téléphone Fantastique d'espace L'intérieur Est beaucoup plus grand que l'extérieur Mais ça, c'est le mystère du Dr. Key So this one was released in 2003 And this is by comedian and actor Bill Bailey he re- reimagined the television show's theme as a down-tempo jazz-slash-lounge piece with noir vocals in French. Now, I've talked about this before on, on the uh, podcast, but Bailey made a guest appearance in uh, 2011 in the Christmas special The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. He's one of the Harvest Rangers from the planet uh, Androzani Major that lands on that planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, though, um, his love of Doctor Who was already well-known among fans, and in 2003, he performed this uh, truly inspired piece. Okay. I so <laughs> go ahead. I had to laugh so hard as soon as the song started playing, 
and I realized what was happening. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes probably a, a, a few beats to realize what's going on, especially when he finally starts hitting on things like, um, you know, Daleks. You do hear that in there. You do hear Tardis, Davros in yeah. there, Tardis, yeah. Um, I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, where are we going with this? And then, yeah, he hits on those, and you're like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing here. I assumed you put it on the list because it was in French. Well, because of history I'm, with French. I mostly, I <laughs> certainly did. In fact, the reason I put it on here is, um, well, Sean, you've had three years of French, one. So um, can you help us translate this a little bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Next question. You're in luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, have a a little thing, I have a little thing called um, Google Translate, and here are the words in English. It doesn't for work you. for French. It doesn't work for French. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so here it is in English. It's him in the night, Doctor Who. He travels in the TARDIS, the fantastic space phone box. The interior is much larger than the exterior, which obviously that's a, a literal translation. It's probably it's bigger on the inside. Uh, and that's the mystery of Doctor Who. The enemy, his name is Davros, the captain of the Daleks, which I'm assuming, again, translating it would be uh, his enemy is Davros, who's leader of the Daleks. Uh, he's half Dalek and half man. Amazing. He wants to control the world, always control the world. He gets up in the morning, he wants to control the world. After breakfast, he wants to control the world. But he never controlled the world. It's not very realistic. With the Daleks, the Doctor is superior. Exterminate yourself. Exterminate yourself again. Ah, damn it. The Doctor wins. He laughs. Ha, ha, ha. I won because I am Doctor Who. <laughs> That's the lyrics to the song in English. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm, I'm wrong. This should be our new theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> a Peanuts jazz lounge theme with French lyrics? <laughs> Highlight of the collection. And, and yes, I, I understand that its inclusion rests solely on the opportunity to poke a little fun at Sean. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> because it was that awesome. It is also because Bill Bailey is one of my favorite uh, British comedians. So there was another there was another reason for it to land on here. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, the, 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 you 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 must seek this song out. <laughs> this the no no Doctor Who fans collection is complete without this. Let me tell you. <laughs> I wish to God we had the rights to these. We would release a K-Tel record collection of, <laughs> of, of this compilation just for this song. If I had money, I would buy the rights to these songs in order to be able to release a K-Tel compilation to put this one out there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our next eclectic ad. We're coming up to the end of our countdown now with a little ditty from Martin Gordon. Her daddy was a Dalek. Her mummy was a nonstick frying pan. She's not like the other girl. She lives in another world. She does things very differently. 
this song. <laughs> this song. <laughs> this song. Section of the, <laughs> this song was released. Well, here's the thing about this. This song was released in 2004. Another one that I couldn't find a lot about, but presumably it's inspired by Quiet Sun's Mommy Was an Asteroid and Daddy Was a Small Nonstick Kitchen Utensil, which is actually a song. <laughs> this is actually a that song. That is a mouthful. <laughs> and this song is from Martin Gordon's The Joy of More Hogwash album. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gordon's an English musician who plays bass, guitar, double bass, and <laughs> piano. And he had uh, the uh, he has releases that mock a lot. Most recently, political events. He uh, just recently reworked his 2017 song "Idiots" into one that's now called "Covid Idiots." So uh, <laughs> he, he's a uh, a political activist to say the least. Now, this particular song, I searched high and low and high and low, and I could not find the lyrics for this song anywhere. And unfortunately, it's a song that's in such a frantic pace that I can't understand half the things he's saying anyway. And I'm not even sure any of the song has anything to do with or uh, points to Doctor Who with the exception of the fact that her daddy was a Dalek and her mummy was a Austin Frying fan. And I was real careful not to use songs that just capitalized on a word like Dalek or exterminate or TARDIS and didn't really have anything to do with Doctor Who. But this was this title was so obscure and it had Dalek in the title. I thought, okay, I'm going to include this on this list just for the sheer fact of its title. What'd you guys think? The basic gist of this one is um, a, a doomed relationship. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we're, 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 we're too far, uh, first of all, it's a long distance relationship, you know, spanning the galaxy. Um, obviously I, 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 we assume that the narrator is human, uh, and that the, the, the love of his life, well, her daddy was a Dalek and, uh, her mommy was a nonstick frying pan that's bound to create some issues in a relationship. <laughs> and, um, the, the, at the end of the day, we're just too different. I'm with Glenn. I, I don't know that I understood most of that's what I got out of it. Um, that's pretty much it. I love it. I, I, I'm not sure if they. Like a music analyst. Like, <laughs> well, this is the real meaning behind the song. <laughs> I, I don't know how it ends. I, I genuinely don't know what happened to these kids. And I'm a little concerned because. <laughs> Uh, you know, is, 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 is it a little ditty about Jack and Diane or is it more like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, is, is, is it, uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant or I, 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 I just don't know what happens to them. And, and maybe they, it's young Turks. If, if they, I want to know. If they did get together, what did their children look like? What does she look like? <laughs> oh my god her mummy was a Dalek <laughs> and her daddy was a nonstick or regardless her daddy was a Dalek and her mom was a nonstick frying pan what does she look like she, she's the nightmare child <laughs> <laughs> and he she was in love with him <laughs> that's why they never she, explained that story because this is <laughs> this is that story <laughs> Our, our TD was like, no, I can't go into it. 
maybe if you can if you uh, put a Dalek with a nonstick frying pan, maybe you get a quark. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, but the 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 fact that the Bessies have a, a, a song about the quark, I gotta go back to that one. I, you know, the fact that this is on a cassette tape, like, I suddenly realized that the quark body is kind of the perfect shape for a, a cassette player. <laughs> So now I, I think when we release our KTEL album set, it should come out on cassette. <laughs> and if you buy the deluxe edition, you get a little quark cassette player to play on it. <laughs> we we can swing that, right, Glenn? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> little arms unfold and you put the tape in. Oh. <laughs> Gotta make the sound effects. That's the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's wrap it up with one more entry onto our list. We wrap things up this evening with Mitch Ben. Call me during Doctor Who, and I'll kill you. I know you think of me as someone to rely on. Helping hand or just a shoulder to cry on. Though I'm glad you feel that way, there's something I must say. I'm sorry, but I won't be there for you this Saturday. Cause Call me during Doctor Who, and I'll kill you. If you wanna survive As far as you're concerned I'm in Communicado 7pm till 7.45 Alright, so this song is was released in 2005 And this is our first song that uh, Well, our last song on our list is the first song Released after the show came back Mitch Ben is an English comedian, author, and musician And he is known for comedy rock songs Performed on BBC Radio this song was performed on the Now Show for the first time, Series 15 in 2005, and it was shortly before Rose debuted in the UK. Ben has several comedy hour, a- albums, but um, was sorry. Ben has several comedy albums, but this is not on any of them. However, you can buy the track on his Bandcamp page. So, what did you guys think of this? This one was really funny. <laughs> I think this was probably every fan sentiment at the time. It's still every fan sentiment, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although it's a little Even more on though, demand nowadays, but <laughs> yeah, but still. Um, of all of the novelty songs that we've had on here, this is the one that, for for me, I think had the most Weird Al vibe. Yeah. 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 Um, to it specifically, uh, it was kind of uh, uh, radioactive hamsters from a planet near Mars. That's the one that really sprung to mind. Sure. When uh, when when listening to it, and um, it, it is it's fun and it, it, it's it's topical, and I think we've all been there. <laughs> you know, you, we we all turn a little bit into Liam Neeson at times. It's like, why are you on my phone right now, Doctor Who's on? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, this was this this one was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It makes me want to go look up his other comedy and see what what he talks about. I thought the same thing. I I, I thought this is a guy that I, I could probably collect all of his music and enjoy every bit of it as much as I enjoyed this song. You know, regardless of the fact if it's about Doctor Who or not, this guy has a real as 
Sean pointed out a real weird owl quality to him. It's very clever writing. It's very funny writing. It's very comedic writing. It, it's well done. It's 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 that imagined you know uh, sentiment that pe- that fans rabid fans would have. You know, it, you know, I'll do anything for you, but don't bother me at this time <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> th- this is going to be my focus for about an hour. After that. And we're good again, you know. So I, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this song as well. It, it is definitely one of my favorites on this list. Again, another one that, that the the chorus is one thing, and then the pacing and the tempo changes into something different for the for the chorus or the uh the I'm sorry the verses are one thing, and then the chorus and tempo change changes again for the 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 uh, uh, chorus, which is what makes it so funny. Yeah. All right. Well, if you were to pick your favorite on this list of fourteen songs, what would it be, Keith? You're first. Uh I'd probably have to go with the Ballad of Doctor Who because that's the one that's stuck in my head the most. Sean, what did you think? Um, oof. Straight up tie between Who's Doctor Who and Doctor Key. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think mine is a tie between silly songs, and again, it, 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 it's you have to listen to it many times, uh, and then call, <laughs> and then uh, call me during Doctor Who and I'll kill you. I think it's it's a tie between those songs for me. All Good right. stuff. Well, there you yeah. go, folks. Um, I hope you enjoyed our little rundown and, and had some fun. And uh, we haven't even really mentioned that um, we've made it to 500 episodes, guys. This is number 500. Wow. I mean, this is. This is something to celebrate right now. I can't believe I wouldn't have thought, you know, 10 plus years ago that we would have made it to 500 episodes. I wouldn't imagine we made it to 200 episodes, let alone 500. But um, it's been quite a crazy ride, um, despite the fact that we were on hiatus. We I don't think we plan to uh, go anywhere soon. So we should be back on your uh, feeds on a on a little maybe a little more regular basis <laughs> than we have been. Uh, we've got a lot more stuff planned beyond 500. Oh, and obviously a thank you to all of our fans out there for, uh, you know, getting us to 500. We, we wouldn't be here. Well, we probably would, uh, but we <laughs> wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys tuning in and telling us that you like what we do. So, uh, a big thank you to all of you out there who make that possible. Um, coming up, we have, uh, next episode will be a book review, uh, back into the, uh, Lethbridge Stewart verse or the left, the bridge Brig verse, um, with, uh, the laughing gnome rise of the dominator by Robert Mamone. And, uh, we have a tie in that, uh, you know, to celebrate 500 episodes, uh, our good friend, uh, Rick Cross, who has written time excuse me, Times Squared for the Brigverse series uh, has been kind enough to send us one of the new special edition prints uh, of that book. And so we have it, and we are going to give it away to one of our lovely listeners. And uh, it's quite simple. All you have to do is get out there onto uh, any of our uh, uh, social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc., and, uh, you know, tag us. And uh, then use the hashtag time squared SE. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll draw a name out of the hat from everybody who responds and 
send you this lovely book, which Rick has autographed for us. So there's, it's got a signature, folks. It doesn't get any more special than this. And uh, I, I need to say a big thank you to Rick because he contacted me uh, a, a bit back about doing this, and uh, I jumped on it and failed to acknowledge that the package arrived until he asked me a little bit later and was like, hey, did you ever get that thing I sent you? <laughs> so I feel kind of bad about that. So, yes, I did get it, Rick, and uh, we thank you very, very much uh, for the opportunity to give away more goodness. And if you guys haven't read this one, uh, obviously our review is out there uh, on the feeds because we thoroughly enjoyed it. We should mention this also includes a uh, new short story from him. Yes, there's an additional bit of bonus content, so which I'm looking forward to reading because I've not read it yet. So if you already own this one, you still might want this one because it has the free story. It has the brand new cover on it. It is a special edition, and it's signed by um, our friend Rick Cross. All right. Well, we'd go further out, but I'm not sure we know exactly what we're doing further out. So <laughs> we'll just wrap the show up from there. Be sure to check out the website, drivingthevortex.com, for those updates on the podcast. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by uh, visiting our Patreon link and consider supporting us there. Thank you for those who already are. And also please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to podcasts. That helps bump us up in the ratings and recommendations. And then make sure you join in the conversation on your listeners forum on Facebook. There you can also engage with other listeners and share your thoughts and insights with us. Anything else before we close this one? Big five zero zero. If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. And thank you for listening. And I'm Casey Kasem reminding you, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Good night, everybody. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.